Throughout the day, everyone feels fatigue and failing endurance, and it can't be fixed with more caffeine. This is why I take Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that gives you the energy you need and are good for you. No guilt and no more afternoon coffees or energy drinks or candy for a quick pick-me-up. I take two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews as part of my daily routine and to promote heart-healthy energy for my day without a caffeine crash or all of the processed sugar. And I've personally begun taking Super Beats Heart Chews for a while now, and I know it makes a difference in my energy. Plus, the grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews supports normal blood pressure and is heart-healthy. Take charge of your health and do what I do every day and take Super Beats Heart Juice. For my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com up to 45% off at danasbeats.com. So when the Proud Boys went back down the hill to the peace circle, did a larger crowd start together? Well, no, first of all, we went round to the back and down the steps and we took some photographs on the east side of the Capitol uh, and then we went for lunch. We went for tacos. Well, did you guys watch yesterday? Because I didn't. I had stuff I had to do. I had stuff I had to read. What about you guys? I tried. Did you? You did not. Did you try to watch it? I tried several times. Kane, why do you hate yourself? Uh, well, it's not about hating myself. Yes, it I was is. just curious as to what clown show, how the level of clown show it would be. It's like the equivalent of taking one of those whips and beating yourself, isn't it? I mean, I think so. Welcome to the show. It's, it's Friday. It's the, I don't know what, normally I like to come up with a, it's a whatever version of the show. I don't know what this version of the show is. It's the day after that ridiculous... I think that they thought they were really being cute. We're going to break it all down. DanaLash.com. Sign up for that newsletter, chapter and verse. Good to be with you. Someone asked, did you send out like a recap? No, I didn't send out a recap because it's stupid. I'm not going to watch this damn thing and then write about it and send you a recap. No. I'll trip- I had to triple the cost of the newsletter. No, I'm kidding. No, I would. But... I'm not going to, I didn't. I, I will say this. I did look on Twitter because I, you know why I don't take it seriously? Because they don't take it seriously. The fact that they keep going, oh, it was an insurrection. It was a coup. When you use language like that, you're not taking this seriously. It's, it's ridiculous. When you use language like that, you're not taking it seriously. You are, you're, and when you don't nominate, when you don't put anyone on this committee who is a Republican and you you only pick like, you know, the two moderate fruitcakes that you got that they have. The two one I mean, then that's this is can I just show you, can I I'm gonna need the law and order stinger every single time I play something from this, whatever it is. Because there was, ladies and gents, there was some very revealing bombshell. They promoted this like this was a bombshell. So they had the, so first up, they had the uh, Proud Boys, something, some guy from there. He was British. And he was all very like this, you know, with his language and the way he spoke. He was very soft-spoken. And this, ladies and gentlemen, was apparently supposed to be a giant bombshell. (gasps) Listen to this audio. 
It's the taco one. So when the Proud Boys went back down the hill to the peace circle, did a larger crowd start together? Well, no. First of all, we went round to the back and down the steps, and we took some photographs on the east side of the Capitol, uh, and then we went for lunch. As one we does. went for tacos. See, we went for tacos. You know, we did as, as one does. We went. Did he say tacos or tuckers? Tacos. He's British. I'm not really sure what he said. He said tacos. Yeah. He, I mean, you can play that one part again. We can all vote on it. But I'm pretty sure, like, you don't eat tuckers. You just, but you do eat tacos. Lunch. We went for tacos. Tacos. You're tacos. probably right. Yeah. yeah. Tacos. We're like tacos. Steak, <laughs> that steak place. Bib and tuckers? No, that's a hamburger place. I don't even know what that is. Well, there's one in Soulard, but that's not. Okay, that's not there. Okay, anyway, that's not even the point. We're we're both like "Mm, steak. So that was that was bombshell, bombshell information, guys. So you're telling me that you went for tacos? Yes, that's correct. We were a bit hungry, and I was feeling a bit peckish. Needed to go get a taco. A taco. Mm? How many tacos did you have? As like, it's representation of, well, insurrectionists eat four tacos apiece. I mean, I don't know. Was there a halftime show? Exclusive. Was there a halftime show? I don't know. Yeah. I was just wondering. I saw like a meme that said Miley Cyrus was playing the halftime show. No, they, it, it, it was so dumb. All I know is that I kept it on Fox. I didn't even, I wasn't even watching Fox. I just kept it on because the media was so mad that Fox didn't take it. They were so, this guy's name is Nick Quested. He's a filmmaker. And I went down there. We popped around. We were feeling all a bit peckish and we popped up back to get some tacos. They were so mad at Fox because Fox didn't carry this. They were livid. The media was so mad. They couldn't get over it. They were so mad. Big time mad. They're like, well, Fox doesn't take this seriously because they're involved. It was so over the top ridiculous. I can't deal. Oh, my gosh. So that was just that was one big bombshell. Wasn't there like some of the other? Hang on. There's so much stuff I want to make fun of today. I just really kind of want to make fun of the whole thing. I don't think they're going to have any more prime time, though. I will say that because this was the first one and i think the only one that they're going to have prime time now i don't i don't know why I, I i'm not quite sure why that handles out that way but that's just the way that it is so they they were listen to this this is this is audio soundbite eight this is liz cheney and she is really pulling her weight on this those who invaded our capital and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what president trump had told them that the election was stolen, and that he was the rightful president. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, like a and lit the flame of this attack. He went out and he cast a spell. And then he leveled up afterwards and got a whole new array of skills. And he added to his skill tree because he pushed forth and summoned the protesters. You know, I often, whenever I invite people into my dwelling, I also call it an invasion. I don't know about you, but I do. 
Thanks for invading my home. Have a great night. Thank you so much for inviting us. And that that's, you know, invite, invasion, same thing, right? <sighs> I mean, we saw all these videos where people were wait. They were literally waving them in. Come on. And they were like talking and, you know. I, I did notice that no one showed the video of when they shot Ashley Babbitt in the face. Just saying. Now, look, and I'm going to say this one time because I don't play this game. Yes, the people who commit violence or who damage property, screw those people. I don't, that's my house because I pay taxes. It's government theft, but we call it taxes. So... That's my house, too. I don't like it. I mean, if you were at my house doing that stuff, you'd be dropped. But I'm just saying, I don't like when people break stuff in my house, and that's my house, too. But let's not act like there weren't cops there going, come on in, come this way. <laughs> There's, like, video of them doing it. And then there was a, there, who was this? I saved this tweet, but they deleted it, and I didn't get a screenshot. But there was a lawmaker. They ended up deleting it because the video that they showed there were just like these random people standing around with their flags and they were everybody's videotaping each other. It was and they did. They stood in this like rotunda and it was like a minute 30 of that. And I'm, I'm looking at it like, OK, well, what? See, it's evidence of trespass. Oh, my gosh. This is what they did the whole the whole night. The whole night. They could have addressed a million things, but they didn't do it. They could have talked about. Oh, I don't know. Uh, inflation. Could have talked about high gas price. They could have had a hearing about the abuse of the FISA court. But see, that's their party. So I just I mean, the way that Cheney put it, you can't look, you can't have Trump can't be a doofus and a Machiavellian genius. You can't have it both ways. OK, you can't do both. He is either a doofus or he is an evil genius. They did this with Bush, too. Everyone was like, George W. Bush is so stupid, but he's also so evil that he plot. I mean, you can't have it both ways. I mean, I remember we were live on air when this was happening. I distinctly remember saying and, and playing his audio where he was like, you know, go peacefully. He said the word peacefully and, you know, protest peacefully, etc., he summoned forth a mob like a level four mage, a faith build from Elden Ring. With his upgraded staff. <laughs> are we playing D&D, Elden Ring, or are we doing, are we, or what? I don't know. Can you imagine having that power? You spelled my name wrong on my overburnt beans from my Starbucks pricey coffee cup. I'm going to summon forth a mob. Uh, can you just imagine? There would be mobs roving the entire planet if we, <laughs> if we had that ability. Every, every Karen would be summoning forth a mob. I want to talk to the manager. I am the manager. I'm going to summon forth a mob. <sighs> Good heavens. This is like bad Disney, man. It really is. Which is a whole other Twitter account. It should be, actually. Bad Disney should be a Twitter account. All right, so, and then you got, oh my gosh, you guys, we're going to have so much fun today. I'm so excited that you're here because we're going to have so much fun today. Benny Thompson immediately starts talking about lynching. We are in like like 60 seconds into this damn thing. And 
out of the blocks. It's he's got to talk about lynching. If you were playing bingo and that was anywhere on your card, actually, you probably should just have that all over your card. Anyway, listen to this. This is Benny Thompson, who's apparently chair of the thing. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. Okay, can we pause for? I'm not going to make it. Where in the hell does in the country do people justify that? Is there a secret pocket in the country where they secretly justify it? Is it like a weirdo racist gulch and they just know that secret place? You got to go through a wormhole to get there. But that's where they and back in time. And that's what. So I don't know who is he living by? Maybe he should move if he is by people that do. I don't know anyone that does that. I mean, there are Democrats I know who are actual racists that still don't do that. I mean, because that's where it all originates. <laughs> it is true. Okay, go ahead. I'm not. I'm not, It's 19 seconds long. I couldn't even get through six. And, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists. Okay. On you know, because the white woman getting shot in the face by cops is just like apparently lynching. I'm just curious how that is. Was it, was she misreported as being a white woman? I'm just curious. I mean, I'm looking and it seems like most of the people who got in trouble are white. But, you know, lynching. We got to play the race card somehow. It's mostly white folks, but we got to play the race. I mean, just I don't understand what Benny Thompson's point is here. And I also don't know why grown people call themselves Benny. Like when you get to be enough where you can get the, the like the, you know, the, the senior discount at Denny's or you can get or wherever else or you can join, you know, the uh, old folks groups or whatever. Don't I mean, really like Johnny, Timmy, Benny. I don't get it. You are now Ben. You're John. You know, that's just I don't know. It's me. I have so we're not going to get through this show without making fun of this a lot. I have been that's that is what you know what that is what we get to do. We had to have this take up the headlines all this morning. We had to have it be the headlines all yesterday. It took our prime time all yesterday. So, yes, we are going to mock it relentlessly. We have a lot more because we have some of the latest with what's going on in the Senate. Uh, National average price of gas has spiked $5 a gallon. Oh, boy, we got a whole bunch of stuff, including you might have to bid farewell for a while to Sriracha. I'll explain all of that and more here as we continue. From scrape knees to heartbreaks, Dad was always there to comfort you. Return the favor with a gift of true comfort, brand new Tommy John underwear. Dads agree when you wear Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better. And because Tommy John moves with you and keeps you cool thanks to their breathable lightweight fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands, that's why Tommy John doesn't have customers, they have fanatics. With over 17 million pairs sold, dads everywhere love Tommy John underwear. And while you're giving dad the gift of comfort, don't forget yourself. Grab a Tommy John cool cotton bra or bralette to stay cool all summer long. I love wearing my Tommy John joggers because of how soft they are. You should get Tommy John too. Plus, there's no risk because everything's covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. This Father's Day, shop TommyJohn.com slash Dana for up to $30 off site-wide plus free shipping. Now through June 15th, get up to $30 off site-wide plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com 
tommyjohn.com slash Dana. tommyjohn.com slash Dana. See site for details. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. You guys, the struggle is now... It's real. First, it was toilet paper. Then formula. And now, sriracha. According to Axios, in an April letter from Hui Fong Foods, the California-based company known for producing the popular sriracha brand, the one with the roaster on the bottle... They said that there's a shortage of chili peppers and it may limit the availability of the product. What am I supposed to put on my eggs? What am I supposed to put on all of my me most of my meat except steak? All my chicken? All of my chicken? What am I supposed to mix in with my ranch? What in the world? They said that they're not going to place, they're not going to accept any new orders before September. They're not going to have enough inventory to fulfill the order. I feel like Hui Fong needs to be protected at all costs here. And, I, and I'm like, I only got three, pe- I only started growing three pepper plants. What in the world? Oh my gosh, I got to get going. All right, let me do the, the alien thing. This is crazy. A radio signal coming from another galaxy was detected by scientists, but it's, they're, they're from China, which is a communist country run by Beijing. I trust nothing that comes out there. So until I see a big giant alien and Beijing goes, see, we told you. And the big giant alien is either going to blow us up or wants to be friends. I'm not going to believe it. I'm just saying. So, uh, also, the one chick who complained for seven days totally got by felicia from Washington Post. And her name is Felicia. Felicia Sanmez. She spent one whole week fighting with everybody. Like, it's like a Monty Python, the, the night scene. Fighting with everybody, and she ended up getting fired. Now, oh, there you have that. And Cheney trails the Trump-backed primary challenger, Liz Cheney, by 28 whopping points. Oh, stick with us. It's getting hot outside, mostly from all the grills firing up. Summer grilling is upon us, and if you're looking for the perfect cuts to put on your grill this year, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the place to get 100% American meat this summer. I love how easy it is to get all my favorite cuts of beef, chicken, and even seafood shipped right to my door. With meat prices higher than ever, Good Ranchers is giving you free steaks. That's right, free steaks. So right now, get two free 18-ounce prime center cut ribeyes with my code Dana. That's a $100 offer free to you. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana for over two pounds of free ribeye steaks added to your order at no cost to you. This is a limited time deal, so don't miss out on your free 18 ounce prime center cut ribeyes because I promise you they're not going to be around for long. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana and use code Dana. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Dana, code Dana. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I I couldn't believe my eyes. There were officers on the ground. um, You know, they were bleeding. They were throwing up. They were, you know, they had... uh, I mean, I saw friends with blood all over their faces. I was slipping in people's blood. spilled out all over the floor. As I was walking away, I slipped around on his guts. And a couple other people came by and they started slipping on his guts too. Man, that testimony was wild. From the... That was the the very important, not at all theatrical or over the top, January 6th uh, committee. Not at all over the top. 
Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Kane's, Kane disagrees with me. Kane, it was, you know what? When So two things that we've learned. When you invite people into your dwelling, that's an invasion. Even if you're ushering them in, even if you open the door and say, come on in. Like, even if it's a vampire and you invite them in, that's an invasion. You were invaded. You're invading right now. You, we're invading this room. Just doesn't sound right, though, the way you put it. Well, I mean, that's what, because words have whatever meanings the Skeksis that are sitting on the January 6th committee want them to have. I'm just saying. Very serious commission that is all about seriousness from that dangerous coup, that dangerous coup and insurrection where, like, one of the first guys arrested just said he was, you know, had drank some, like, Natty Light before he showed up and was just wandering around looking at the paintings, but, you know, coup or whatever. No, I'm not going to, if it, I'm not going to take it serious because it's not a serious thing. I'm a, some of these people, I'm a, I got to tell you, some of y'all, some of these people out there, and you know it, I have seen bigger brawls at my family reunion. That's not a, that's not a. Now, and I will say it, I've said it, and we were, I talked about this on air, I'm like, don't be busting up somebody else's property. Because that's my property, I pay for that. You do too. But that's, even still, that's not a coup. No one was armed, no one, literally, no one was charged with an insurrection. The FBI and DOJ concluded, after a ridiculously long investigation, that there was no organization, there was nothing, not, and you know they wanted something, come on. You know they wanted something. This, these are the people that, that charged Mike Flynn with lying when he didn't lie and made him plead guilty to it just so they wouldn't go after his son because they were threatening by going after his son who had done nothing wrong either. You know that if they wanted to find something, they would have found it. <clears throat> it was, and honestly, where's the Ray Epps guy? Here's the other thing. You can't have an honest conversation about this until there are too many. There's too much federal involvement in too many other things. The Gretchen, the Gretchen Whitmer kidnap plot, that was a Fed designed entrapment scheme. And that, I mean, they, they, they had to admit that. Even AP had to acknowledge it. The whole FISA court abuse with Hillary Clinton and the DNC. I mean, I could go back to the IRS going after Tea Party. I mean, there's just too much. There's too much. So, no, it is not beyond the realm of possibility to, to wonder how involved the Fed was here, too. They had this one guy. <clears throat> he's never been called forward. They've had a couple of really good. There's some, some good pieces out there. D- is there. Don't we have audio of him? Hang on. Let me look. We have audio of him. Some, where's this uh, audio? Where he was actually encouraging people <clears throat> he was there in a, in a in a group of people i think this was like the night before it was like the night before and he was in, in a group of people there's a lot of video of him doing this and he's saying oh we gotta go and we're gonna raise hell and all this stuff and he's like in, trying to encourage people to get violent and immediately people were like Mm-mm, fed fed and they they did not like what he was saying because they didn't want to get violent they weren't talking that's not what they wanted to do there was no nothing nothing was ever done about this listen to this this is audio soundbite four tomorrow we need to go into the capital this is right into the capital Tomorrow, 
See? I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say we it. Need, we let's need to safe. go. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in to See, the See, he's like encouraging people to do this. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. He was there the next day on video encouraging it as well. But interestingly, they'll get, they, they try to go after people who weren't even there, but they won't get near Ray Epps. Interesting. Now, I am not a conspiracy theorist, but this stuff gives me conspiracy theory vibes. I just got to say. It's weird. And especially when you don't include that. And then there was the whole, the what was it, the year uh, demonstration at the, cap- at the Capitol after January 6th. And there, were, there was an actual federal agent who got arrested by police because they did not know he was undercover and he was carrying a gun. And it's all we played that audio for you. I put it up on my my newsletter and website. And this guy had to show his badge. He was a federal agent. So there were feds that were masquerading around like, hello, fellow MAGA people. I mean, this is indisputable. So, yeah, there's some weird stuff. So I, it's just the fact that they don't have any. Any they don't want to have any discussions on this. I mean, if this dude was. Why does this, because this apparently, Evs was apparently given immunity. I mean, if he was just, if he, if he's, you know, some kind of government operative, I mean, it makes sense that he was given some kind of immunity. But there is, I don't know, there's a lot of questions on that. All right, a few other things. So, oh man, I have to, I have to get into this too. The AOC thing, I don't know if you guys saw this last night. So AOC was tweeting that about the committee hearings. They had a whole hashtag and everything. She's like, oh, wow, this hearing. And she had tweeted that some video footage of some of the people fighting outside. And she said, good. She, she said, this is the way it all comes rushing back to the body. It's like that day all over again. But she wasn't there. And I had noted that. I said, to whose body? The AP said that you weren't there. She likes to intimate that she was there. Remember how she was, she actually was saying that she was like, oh, it was so scary. I was so terrified. She was so careful and to, to not get caged in. She was saying that I was so talking about the experience and how afraid she was, but she wasn't even there. She was at the Cannon Building, which is like a couple blocks away. Wasn't even there. Couldn't even see what was going on from where she was. Had no idea what was going on. And then when they called her on it, she made up the story about this police officer coming into her office unannounced and it terrified her and gave her PTSD. So I pointed this out to her and she does not handle criticism well at all. She takes it very personally. She does not like criticism. She doesn't also like to do work either because she hasn't she hasn't co-sponsored or proposed anything during the entire time that she has sat and occupied that seat. In, in the Capitol, in Congress. All she likes to do is come in, like, for instance, when the workers were unionizing at the Amazon uh, distribution facility in New York and her district, she did nothing. And then she tried to come in and take all the attention. And all of these other progressives turned on her and said, no, no, lady, you did not do a single thing to help us. You come to do a photo op at one at one uh, at the building one day and then you want to act like you did this. They blasted her publicly. And then she turned on them and just said that she like like called them names and she's a child. I mean, she has the she does not have the temperament of an empowered woman. She has the temperament of a, a child. 
But she she was saying, oh, my, I was, the, it brings this all back. And I go, but, and I, all I said was, but you weren't even there. And I had, I asked a question because the Associated Press had fact-checked her. And they said she was, she, uh, they said that she was saying that she was in her office in her neighboring building on Capitol Complex. And she had a frightening encounter with a Capitol Police officer who she said didn't announce himself. She got forced into that after she went on and on and on acting like she was there herself and was in danger and she almost died. She almost died. And then people started going, other Democrats were like, wait a minute, hold up. You weren't there though. And then there was this huge thing and she, she, she was trying to pull a juicy sommelier. And then there was this huge thing and then she came out and was like, well, I was, you know, I was at, it was an officer who came into my office unannounced. So I just pointed it out that she wasn't there. She was talking about it all night like she was there. And so I and and so she got so mad. She goes, the headline of the link you're posting literally says and telling the truth. Whatever price you gave the NRA for your integrity, it was probably too high. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a lame response, considering the article verbatim says you were nowhere near the riot. I guess you didn't read past the headline. I mean, she like I said, she's so careful to intimate that she was there without explicitly saying she was there because all of her ridiculous half drunk rantings would look like overdramatic, the overdramatic fishing expedition for attention that it is. Can you imagine if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez actually worked, you know, and did her job and I don't know, represented her district as much as she chases attention and clout? So funny. So that um, they also had the testimony. So Ivanka had testified uh, yesterday as well. And the media was trying to play this up. She had said that she accepted there was no evidence that the election was rigged. And then Trump, he was on Truth Social, I think it was this morning, saying that he, he, he said, quote, Ivanka Trump was not involved in looking at or studying election results. She had long since checked out and was, in my opinion, only trying to be respectful to Bill Barr and his position as attorney general. And then he added parenthetically, he sucked. <laughs> so I don't know what he meant by checked out. Maybe she, I don't know, maybe they were already, I, I don't know how long that they had agreed. Because I, I got the impression that her and her family were never going to be there for like another term. I always got the impression that it was only ever for that that one that one term. But but that's what they all did yesterday. Meanwhile, the national average price of gas has spiked to 5 gallon crushing all previous records. And get this, the National Association of Realtors reported that 43% of homes sold, now this is just in Texas in Dallas County, Texas, in 2021 were purchased by institutional investors. Meanwhile, in a Michigan County, they've decided to limit in-person responses to 911 because they blew through their gas budget. They have, the gas prices are so high that one Michigan County's police department said that they blew through their fuel budget and can no longer respond to every 911 call in person. People, and now they're not going to make sriracha. People are hurting. They're hurting. We have more to come. Updates on Uvalde as well. More is even coming out now. We have this. We have more on the economy. We have some wokery too. This time it involves Chick-fil-A. And one story of an attempted school shooting that attempted that you're not hearing. 
because locked doors and responsive police work. I'll share that with you as well. I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? Well, like everything that Keltec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. Gosh, man, Judas is a mood right now. This story had me hot, hot mad yesterday. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you this happy Friday. Now, y'all know how I feel about, like, my, my pets, right? Like, I will hunt, and I'll eat deer meat, and I'll eat, I'll eat whatever. You know, I, I believe in going to the whole Whole Foods, which is nature, to get my fresh meat, etc. I mean, and venison is some of the healthiest meat you can ever have. I'm just saying, if you're gonna, looking to get super healthy and you want lean, good meat, I mean, there you go. And the have you ever had a venison fajita? Venison fajita? Oh, man. I... Anyway, long story short, why are we talking about meat today? What is wrong with us? I saw this story yesterday because I, I, I love all that. I like proper conservation, but I also love my pets. And I am I, I, I can't adopt all these animals, so I just donate to shelters that need help that do a lot of work. And this animal shelter in California, it is called the Shelter Hope pet shop in Thousand Oaks, they announced at the end of last month that they had included a special question in their standard adoption interview for potential pet owners, like pets that have been abused and abandoned, right? Neglected in the shelter. And the question is, where do you stand on gun control? And so the broad who runs this place is... Now, not they're just they are barring anyone who owns a firearm or who supports Second Amendment, etc., from getting a pet. And they threatened to sue anyone who lied on their application if they said that they, uh, her name's Kim Sill, she's a total Karen. And she said, If your beliefs are not in line with ours, we will not adopt a pet to you. So, like, screw those pets. And I, they don't advertise that they're not a no-kill shelter. So, mm. so imagine, like, expediting or assisting the euthanasia of, of animals that have been abused or neglected because you want to do a meaningless stunt for your vanity on gun control. Because that's exactly what this is. I feel so bad for the animals in their care. This, this infuriates me. Because if they really had a heart for animals, that wouldn't even be an issue. What are they going to shoot the animals? You morons. What are they going to do? This is so ridiculous. 
And so I just feel bad for that animal. And I love, I mean, I had so many lawyer friends who were just laughing at this broad because they're like, she's going to sue people if they don't answer the way she wants to on that question. That's the stupidest thing we've ever heard. Oh, my gosh. So that's just, this is why I like to support Delta Rescue because they don't do any of that stuff. I mean, they're like-minded. And if you're not like-minded, they still don't care. Do you do you love animals? That's that's the first and foremost thing. It's too bad that the Shelter Hope Pet Shop doesn't love animals as much as other shelters do. You know, it sounds like it's a vanity project so that they can pretend to love animals. All right, we have more to come. Second hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. More of the Dana Show after this. Throughout the day, everyone feels fatigue and failing endurance. And it can't be fixed with more caffeine. This is why I take Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that gives you the energy you need and are good for you. No guilt and no more afternoon coffees or energy drinks or candy for a quick pick-me-up. I take two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews as part of my daily routine and to promote heart-healthy energy for my day without a caffeine crash or all of the processed sugar. And I've personally begun taking Super Beats Heart Chews for a while now, and I know it makes a difference in my energy. Plus, the grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews supports normal blood pressure and is heart-healthy. Take charge of your health and do what I do every day and take Super Beats Heart Juice. For my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com up to 45% off at danasbeats.com. Just, just the key point that, yes, there was a pro-Trump rally at which the president spoke, and you can, we can absolutely talk about all the things the president said there. But the idea that that rally is the thing that got out of hand and that somehow resulted in the breaching of the Capitol, that rally was very far from the Capitol. Yep. And the people who, as you say, did the initial breach that allowed everybody else to come in, they never even went to that rally. Wow. That's... I've never said that about Rachel Maddow. I don't even know how, if I can vocalize it. That um, is true. Oh, I did it. There's, that was hard. <sighs> Never said that about her before. Welcome back to the program. Dana last year with you. Happy Friday. The second hour of our show later on. My friend Jack Carr. He's got a series coming out starring Chris Pratt on Amazon Prime based on his books. We'll discuss that. So she is, that's, I mean, that's the point that I and others have made. There were people who showed up there who never even went to the protest. I don't, I don't blame people who have not been to D.C. or who don't know the geography of the area to not know this. But the White House is fairly far from the Capitol. I mean, it's not a short walk by any means. Now, I have been to D.C., I mean, more times I can count. I know the area incredibly well. I've walked all over the area. And whether it was for it, I can't tell you how many protests I've been at the Capitol. I've been to so many dang protests at the Capitol. Uh, whether it's outside the Lincoln Monument or the Washington Monument or outside the Capitol or the Ellipses. I've been everywhere. It is not a short walk. Not a short walk by any stretch. And... There are multiple, like when you're in the National Mall, when, you, when you're on the National well, because there's, because you have the reflecting pool and you have the World War II Memorial and there are roads, like you, to get from the World War II 
memorial and going up to the Washington Monument, I mean, there's like a four-lane, very busy city street there. And then you have to go over that. I mean, it's, it's and the ellipses is across from the Washington Monument, and then there's a huge field and more, you know, uh, sit very busy, very, I mean, it's like one of the, aside from Manhattan, that's where all the traffic is in D.C. Because it's where the tourist stuff is. So you could be where the protest was in between the Washington Monument and the White House. You could be there and not even see the Capitol. So it's not like, that's why there are so few people who actually, and I say there were few who broke away because there were, I mean, I've had, I had uh, friends who went to the rally who didn't go to the Capitol. And I've seen all kinds of, I mean, there were tons of people there. How many thousands were there? I mean, it was like 100,000 or so. It was like crazy. There were not, in, in comparison to the people who were there at the rally, it was a tiny fraction that broke away and went to the Capitol. And then it was even a tinier percent who decided to engage in criminal activity and, you know, uh, get either violent and be the antagonist and not being defensive and then or break windows or whatever. So very that's that's important context. And we talked about all of that when it was because we were on live when it was happening. We had we were like just talking through it as it was happening. Uh, Very it's just very, 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 very interesting. The whole thing with this, this, um, I got to tell you, the whole thing with that January 6th thing is there, and I don't think everybody believed this. I think maybe there were a couple of people who believed this. Like the vice president doesn't have the authority to um, stop an election or the process that they were. So what they were doing that day in the Capitol is they were essentially verifying and Uh, noting the electoral votes from different states and the objection that some Republicans had. And this is where the media did a horrible job in explaining this. They didn't explain it. They spun it because they wanted Republicans. They wanted to be able to say that Republicans were trying to stop an election. And that's never what any lawmaker that I know was trying to do. Because you can't. The law doesn't allow for it. Hell, I read the statute on air. It doesn't allow for it. What was happening was that there were a a number of states, there were like three states, two of them had irrevocably changed their, well, one of them had had changed their state constitution. The others did not. And that's the huge thing, because when you, all the voting, every state controls the vote. And then the electoral process is administered in the Senate by means of verifying the electoral votes that are coming out, etc. And so the objections were for the state's that changed their election process and and didn't go through and didn't go through the I got so excited. Oh, hang on. I just Juan points and something I get so distracted. Let me finish my point here. Wait, let me get there. The CDC just ended uh, 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 test mandates for international air travel. So the story All this does, the states that had changed their voting process without altering their constitution as their state constitution required. And that was, I mean, that it all works, you know, it's all it all works together with the federal the federal validation of those votes. 
there, like for instance, uh, what what state was it? Pennsylvania that had changed, and it, this was all due to the lockdown stuff. Remember, they because of the lockdown and because of the pandemic, they changed to where uh, you didn't have to have they didn't have to verify signatures, and you didn't have to they didn't have to have like this the prop the the previously required whatever stamping on the envelope for mail-in ballots or absentee ballots, et cetera, et cetera. There were a number of precautions that had been dropped because of the lockdown. And as a result, it was very difficult to verify those votes. That is a legitimate issue that got lost in all of this. And it was purposefully, they purposefully uh, really just muddied the water on this so that they could ignore that issue. Because the absentee ballots, I mean, I understand an absentee ballot. I understand, like, my oldest son, being when he's away at school, he voted absentee ballot. Not, But they were making to where everybody could just mail in a ballot. And you don't have to match a signature. And you don't have to do a number of the things that you had to do in order to make sure that your vote was your vote. And that's, that's, not, that's not just to protect the process, but it's also to protect you. Because people don't realize that when someone votes for you, you just were robbed of your vote. And so... Those were the objections. And what they wanted to do was pause, not stop. They wanted to stay the counting of those votes until they could verify. That's the whole thing. The media totally BSed it. By the way, this is the same thing that Al Gore did in Florida. Now they don't care. This is the same stuff that Democrats, Democrats were on the opposite side. Back in Florida... When he went with George W. Bush. That's all it ever was. The, it was the media who was like, oh, well, they're demanding Mike Pence. Mike Pence didn't have the power to do it. No vice president does. I got to tell you, I, I am because there's this huge fracture in the not a huge fracture. There's two factions, I should say, in the Republican Party. You have some of the establishment Bush types. And I don't dislike like George W. Bush as a person. I just disagreed with a number of his policies. It's gotten increasingly, and what I find funny is that the people who always scream about feelings who are a part of the establishment, they're the ones who take it personally if you don't tow your line, if you don't tow their line. If you don't agree with them, they're the ones who take it personally, and they act like it's grassroots who don't. So I bring this up because I'm always very sensitive of that issue. There's a lot of nuance there and there's a lot of law there and the media really, really just muddied the water on purpose so that they could establish this claim that Republicans wanted to stop the election or whatever. And so you guys know how crazy I am about advertisers here. I won't read it. I don't. So if I don't use it or if I don't support it, I kick it to the curb. And there was one group that was really trying to pressure me to read their ads on air. They were putting a lot of pressure on my uh, my syndicator. They really wanted me to read ads, these ads for them. And I, when I first was given it, I didn't have any information about who was behind it or who. I'm like, because it, it was about protecting whatever the election. And I just thought it was really weird the way they phrased things about the vice president. And the premise of their claim seemed to be going more in line with what the media was saying about the vice president's role in the election as opposed to what the law actually says. And so my red flag immediately went up and I was very, I was a little suspicious. And so I had resisted doing it and I said no, and they were really pressuring. And so finally, when I found out who was funding the, the group, I went and looked at the people who were funding them and oh my gosh, they were all about, 
um, transgender rights over basically, you know, women's rights. And they had all this stuff. Um, it's the American Unity Fund. They had all this stuff on um, uh, transgender stuff and all of this. And, you know, basically the premise that the intimation was that conservatives are discriminatory. This is not it did not it's not a conservative issue and it's not a conservative group. And I put my foot down and I'm like, I'm not reading anything that is funded by anything like this. Not going to happen. And so that was that. But I could see it and Kane and I talked about it because they were trying to. The intimation was, well, to prevent Kamala Harris from, you know, taking over the election and all this stuff. But it seemed more designed to get at Trump. And I am not. Like, I know Trump, and I, and I really enjoyed his economic policies. And I like that he's a bull in a china shop. But I'm more ideological than I am political. And so I, and some people hold that against me. But, and of course, they compromise their principles, and that's okay for them. But that, it, it really, it made me suspicious. Because it seemed completely to target Trump and, and the claim that, really people wanted to make sure that the electoral votes that were coming from these states were actually in fact legitimate votes and not you know it was hard to verify when you completely just drop all of your legal requirements without even changing your amending your constitution as as uh, as required or having it go through your state legislature as required by the state constitution and so kane and i and kane and i talked about it we're like because mm, i wasn't the only one that was super suspicious kane was also like this is not uh like, it was weird, wasn't it? It was just odd. It was like they were trying to... So I didn't... Yeah, we didn't they want to do They kept insisting that it would be your voice. Like, they just wanted the script read, but they kept insisting that it be you that read it. And it's like, well, why? If you guys just want this message out, why does it have to be Dana's voice? Oh, they wanted me. Yeah, and so that was also another red flag for me. Yeah, and they were, like, so pushing, and they were not going to let it go. They were, like, pushing on our sales, and I'm like, no, 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 and... They were like, oh, like demanding that I do it. And like this, this entity, I'm, I'm just like, I'm not, this is not happening. Don't get me into a position where I got to, you know, make a call. I mean, I, I, I'm represented by a really fantastic entity. I'm like, you don't want to make that call. Come on. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not doing this. It, it, and, um, you know, the people who run our uh, syndicate after I did all of this research into it, and I said, okay, this is who these people are. Because it was like, took weeks to find out who was even paying for it. I'm like, I'm not saying, I'm just, this is, no, we cannot be associated with this. And they totally agreed. But it's just like, it's there, they were not a, con, it's not a conservative group. And it was just, it was weird. It was very weird. But just so you know, it's not just the leftist media in all of this, is my point. There are some people on the right that have been displaced from power and authority and influence because of this sort it's like a tea party 2.0 in a way and they they are looking for ways to kind of get back and they're total it's like a cheney thing they're totally fine with if the media does this so yeah no not gonna happen we have more to come folks as we get moving with the second hour of our program 
Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Oh, I'm so excited. The U.S. will lift a virus testing mandate for international air travelers. It expires at 12.01 a.m. this Sunday. According to the administration, they say the CDC is going to reevaluate the decision in 90 days and said the requirement for pre-departure testing could be reinstated if there are new concerns about any other variant, which, I mean, I don't, like, you know, the monkeypox things, like, where are you going to wear the mask at? Now, this was first introduced in January 2021, uh, but now it's it's going to expire, according to, the CDC determined that the widespread adoption of, well, it's endemic. Don't be like, well, the widespread adoption of vaccines, shut up, it's endemic. It's endemic, that's what happens in cases like this. So they said they're going to continue recommending anything to travel, but this is... That's nice. But in Europe, because Europe's been lifting restrict restrictions and it was like the United States is kind of, you know, kind of dragging their feet a little bit. So that's huge. Very good news indeed. Also, a couple of other things here. Uh, Disney fires Peter Rice, its top TV content executive, according to a piece from The New York Times. He had looked to be a potential successor to for Bob Chapek, Disney's chief executive. But now he's been abruptly fired. And apparently they said that. Uh, he was an ill fit with Disney's corporate culture. So you can try to maybe read between the lines there. The U.S. is to ban the use of single, the sale of single use plastic on public lands and national parks, which is so stupid. Interior Secretary Deb Hallen said that they're going to reduce the distribution of these products. This is so dumb. We have a lot more in store. Stick with us. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately, we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. 
Year-over-year headline, 8.6, 8.6, a new cycle high usurping March, which was 8.5. That was the highest since 1981. Now, 8.6 uh, continues to be the highest since 81 because uh, the comp there is 8.9 to 11.8%. And if we look at year-over-year core, also hotter than expectations, up 6%, following 6.2%, high watermark there, 65 and that was in March, and that was the highest since 1982. Mm. Rick Santelli was the guy who kind of kicked off the first uh, tea party when he went on a really awesome rant and discussing... Uh, just how expensive everything is and, you know, not too big to fail, all this other stuff. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Friday. Now, it's interesting, this whole, you know, we were talking, we've been making fun of the J6 stuff because it's ridiculous. I think that the economy, this is so much worse. So much worse. This is why Biden's job approval, by the way, we are at a new low. RCP average is 39.4%. Dude, let me, let me rattle off some of these for you. The Harvard-Harris taken 518-519 has him at 41. Emerson from May 24th to the 25th, 38. Politico, their piece, their their survey that was from June fourth to fifth. That was the survey period that had him at thirty nine. The Economist had him at forty three. Reuters, and this is all for uh, the first week of June, had him at forty one. Rasmussen from June seventh to the ninth, uh, which was yesterday, thirty nine. The NBC poll thirty nine. Quinnipiac thirty five for an average of thirty nine point four. Oh my word. Have have we seen it ever that low before? <laughs> Just I gotta ask. Whew. Dow dropped seven hundred fifty points. Red hot inflation has blown past expectations and has dragged Wall Street down. Consumer prices jumped. Now it's almost nine percent in May, a forty one year high. Inflation hasn't even peaked yet. We haven't even peaked for inflation yet. It's going to get worse. Fed has started to started to raise interest rates to try to manage the soaring inflation. But that's going to be bad. That's going to obliterate growth because the faster that you raise the rates, the uh, that's going to just kill growth. Man, I mean, you know, Biden could not spend also, but, you know, that's apparently not a not an issue. 41-year high of 8.6. Groceries have jumped 12%. Gas has soared by 50%. Rising prices are causing misery for consumers. And consumers are spending and racking up debt like you wouldn't believe. There was a very very interesting uh, poll. It was from an uh, investor who works, uh, CEO of Grit Capital. An investor and... A, an economist, Genevieve Roche, who said, uh, I can't even say what she called this. It was looking at uh, the Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Outstanding. 
She says this is not oil, a meme stock, or even blank coin. It's U.S. credit card debt. Wow. Savings are dropping. 4.4% savings rate, lowest level since 2008. Americans are borrowing more. There's an 8% increase in credit over the past year, the largest since 2011. I mean, and apparently one of the things that they were looking at, because it looked like credit card debt dropped during the peak of lockdown, and people were saying, well, or the peak of the pandemic, it was still during lockdown. They, the theory is that people were using their stimmy checks to pay down their credit card balances. I mean, this and, and the when I was looking at these numbers, they don't even take into account inflation, the inflation aspect. Oh, this is crazy. American consumers spending and racking up debt because their money doesn't go as far as it used to. Steve says it's cheaper to get pickup takeout than quality grocery items. That's true. That is absolutely true. And that apparently last month, so last month we thought it was the record, a record surge in credit card usage. Now it's, no, no, it's still gone. We're, we're still, everybody, so basically everyone woke up this morning and watched all their expectations shattered into a thousand pieces. That's what happened. And Biden, I mean, listen to this. He said this. A week ago. Uh-huh. Since I took office, families are carrying less debt. Their average savings are up. A oh, recent my survey gosh. from the Federal Reserve. No, it's not. Americans feel okay, that's not even what I am literally reading you from the Federal Reserve's data. Dude. Like, that's literally from the Federal Reserve. So the increase, have you seen the increase in all this? In groceries, this is the biggest price increase in groceries net since 1979. Oh. Chicken. I don't, and I, I guess I, there might be other factors into this. It's almost 18% increase. Can you believe that? Eight, restaurants, 10%. Fuel and oil, uh, over 107%. Electricity, 12%. Rent is now at 5.5. Airfare, 40%. And then generally services is our 6%. And yeah, it's, it's, it is crazy. Crazy. It's, and I hate to say it, but we, again, we haven't even peaked yet. And all they do is say, well, it's, it's, you know, Putin. This started the moment he began making these bad economic moves. The moment he began restricting domestic drilling. The moment he began rolling back some of the taxation relief. Jeez. Now, look, they... Because we, the RCP average, too, of the number of Americans who say the country is on the wrong track, it's over 71%, almost 72 in the RCP average. That's the highest in over 10 years. I mean, 
my friend Carol Roth, who is on the show a lot, and I real I like her. She's a uh, investment uh, economic uh, economics analyst. All this. She says, we're 100% in the position we are now because too many people believed you could suck the rainbow farts out of unicorns' backsides. She didn't say that. Instead of reality. If you thought you could turn on and off the economy like you were power cycling a modem without massive issues, get a reality reality check or blank the blank blank forever. Thank you. She says, if you thought the Fed could just add almost $9 trillion to its balance sheet and the government could spend trillions and it wouldn't have inflationary consequences, get a reality check or blank the blank up forever. She says, if you think you can just stop producing traditional sources of energy without impacting costs, food supply, available power, and general human well-being, get a real- reality check or blank the blank up forever, she says. If you think you can reduce policing and penalties and not get more serious crime, get a reality check or blank the blank up forever. Stop indulging, she says, these delusional lunatics. We live in reality and we have to deal with the real consequences of their fantasies. It's true. Absolutely true. I mean, when you, everything that he did from the re- restriction of domestic production, out of control spending, I mean, yes, Everyone's like, well, we were coming out of a pandemic. You know what? We were actually in a stronger position under Trump coming out of the pandemic immediately after the flipping lockdown than we are now with Biden. Unemployment hasn't gotten better. And it's not because, you know, we were uh, there weren't any jobs to the opposite. Biden wanted to continue paying people to stay home. There's just no excuse Audio sound by three. Listen to this. Here's another consequence of this. Gas prices are so high. The Isabella, Isabella County Sheriff's Office here says they've actually blown through their fuel budget already. So they will respond to some non-emergency calls by phone. Try to resolve those issues by phone. Hmm. Wow. Resolve the issues by phone. We'll tell the murderer. Ask him if he could please politely leave. It's oh, man. And here's the other thing, too. CNBC reports that mortgage demand has fallen to the lowest level in 22 years amid rising rates. And now the home sell, the selling market slowing homes, the housing market slowing down. You knew this was going to happen. The average contract interest rate for 30 year fixed rate mortgages with conforming loan balances, 647,200 or less increased 5.4 percent from 5.3. Applications for a mortgage to purchase a home fell 7 percent for the week, 21 percent lower than they were the same week a year ago. Refis, those demands dropped 6 percent for the week, down 75 percent year over year. This is a nightmare. Yeah, 18, 18 months, 18 months. He got you 18 months. <laughs> Oh, man. And on top of it, Wall Street Journal, individual income tax payments on pace to reach a record level. Business owners and investors are paying more, but Congressional Budgetary Office officials cannot fully explain why tax revenues are hitting high as a share of the economy. The government is taxing. They're poised to reach individual income tax collections are going to hit $2.6 trillion. That is 10.6% of our economy in the fiscal year that ends September 30th. That is up 10% from 2021. It is a record. It, let me tell you how much we are overtaxed. This tops the war tax receipts of 1944. We are paying more taxes now than we did during World War II. Adjusted for value in 1944. 
and more than the dot-com boom of 2000. That's insane. We are not undertaxed, as Kane says. We are overtaxed. You know, if you were... the, the consumers, I mean, we are the spigot. If you unleash the power of the consumer, I mean, people are struggling. They're dealing with inflation from the same government that won't stop spending, and they decide to make up for it by making you pay more taxes instead of just stopping spending. During a time of inflation, he wants to raise taxes still. His Build Back Better or whatever BS it is, his Build Back Better BS, they want to increase your, t- I mean, oh my gosh, I don't even know what that would look like. That would destroy a lot of, uh, it'd destroy the middle class, which is kind of by design. A man is arrested for trying to kill Justice Brett Kavanaugh. San Francisco voters recall their pro-crime district attorney, and the World Bank says the economy is going to be bad for the rest of the decade. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. You know, if Biden were from Florida, we could play a speech right now, but I don't feel like hearing gaslighting. So in the meantime, uh, I had a couple uh, here that I was going to re- pull this up. This is from Miami Herald. <laughs> the headline, don't make me use this. Florida man stabbed in a fight over a breakfast treat. Two roommates fought over a popular breakfast treat in Central Florida early Monday, and one ended up behind bars. Okay, what was the treat? They don't tell you. Oh, wait, no, it was a toaster strudel. They were arguing over who ate somebody's toaster strudel. And (laughs) I can't even deal with this. (laughs) so ridiculous. The victim told the deputy that uh, Griffin Crystal slapped the phone out of his hand first and then used pepper spray. And then when the victim was washing the pepper spray off his face, the 21-year-old then lunged him from behind with a metal pot and then pulled out a pocket knife. He called him a bee and a criminal and then said, don't make me use this on you. I'm going to stab you. He has a deep gash on his hand and forearm, he said. And the other the antagonist is being held on $6,500 bond. And a third roommate witnessed the fight and said, yeah, he's right. <laughs> so, and it was all over a toaster strudel. Okay, they are delicious. Let me just add. Okay, was it your last toaster strudel? And did he eat the one that you had previously? And so they, this one you had dibsies on? Are they stabby delicious, though? I mean, I don't know. How hungry are you? Is it the one with the cream cheese in it? I'm not, I'm not advocating really stabbing, but I'm just saying toaster strudels are good. good. I mean, I'm sure they have all kinds of bad stuff and GMOs, which make them tasty. But they're, you know, just saying. Um, a Trump-hating Florida man was banned from a pool after calling a Biden-hating Florida woman a fat slob. <laughs> what? They, the, they, it's, they, they, okay, it's the villages. It is. Sorry. I was like, doesn't say the villages, but it's the villages. So apparently, uh, 
A 74-year-old man who has been at the Villages for a long time, he likes to paint his golf carts with signs that blame Trump for everything and rebelliously cruise the sleepy streets of his community. Um, he says things like Biden kicks Trump's fat A-double snakes. Uh, Trump is a pathological liar, etc. And everything kind of like f- went down in the pool in the village of Hadley. He found a woman wearing a T-shirt that was critical of Biden. He called her a fat slob, told her to take off her clothes, called her white trash, and said that pool training was of limited value for her height. And so he ended up getting kicked out of the pool, and so he sits outside of it with his signs apparently now. Man, sounds like his name is Buddy, and he's an attorney in South I'm just saying, but he lives in Florida. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. Look, folks, um, today I'd like to speak about my top economic priority, fighting inflation. I understand Americans are anxious, and they're anxious for good reason. I was raised in a household when the price of gasoline rose precipitously. It was the discussion at the table. It made a difference when food prices went up. But we've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. America should also understand our economy has unique strengths that we can build on. The job market is the strongest it's been since World War II, notwithstanding the inflation. We added another 390,000 jobs last month. Eight million seven hundred thousand new jobs since they took office an all-time record never that many jobs in that period of time unemployment rate is near historic lows millions of americans are moving up to better jobs and better pay and since i took office families are carrying less debt on average in we america just, like talked about how they that have was more savings than they've had and we're doing it all while cutting the federal deficit by one Point seven trillion dollars. Wow. Wow. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. DanaLash.com. Make sure you check out my newsletter over on Substack. Chapter and verse. That was uh, the president who was speaking just a little bit ago, just while we were going to break on the economy. Literally nothing that he has said there is true nothing we have i mean record i was telling you just we were the amount of debt household holding more debt now than ever uh some these numbers are just bad they're bad 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 kane was mad the whole time you were mad the whole time well for good reason they're not they if they don't think that there's a problem that means that they're not going to do anything to to give relief if they don't think that there's a problem that's the that's a a a huge that's jeez that's a huge problem i was looking at the story said why did the star wars hotel flop talking about the galactic star cruiser maybe because people are broke might be why that might be perhaps why no, but they are very concerned, very concerned with everything else. J6, everything else. They're very concerned with that. Meanwhile, Biden's approval sinks to 22% amongst young adults, 24% amongst Hispanics. Quinnipiac, released Wednesday. The survey was conducted June 3rd through 6th. 22% of Americans ages 18 to 34, only 22% approve of his performance his job performance 
24% of voters, 49% of black voters. That's actually lower for black voters as well. A huge drop for Hispanic voters. <sighs> We're not even at peak inflation. Not even there. And yet this is where... So I have uh, a couple of things here. This story out updates on Uvalde. The Uvalde school police chief says he didn't think he was the officer in charge when the massacre was taking place. Pete Arandondo, Uvalde school district police chief, said in an interview yesterday with the Texas Tribune that he did not consider himself to be the on-scene incident commander. It's his first interview. He said, quote, I didn't issue any orders. I called for assistance and asked for an extraction tool to open the door. Wow. DPS, Department of Public Safety, said that he made the wrong decision to wait. Officials changed the timeline of events numerous times. I mean, this is... And Aaron Dondo's still working. He was uh, just elected to city council, wasn't he? But did I don't think he showed up to the... Uh, yeah, I don't think he showed up. I don't think he actually showed up to the first uh, city council meeting that they had. This is just... Uh. Now, here's a, a story of uh, an attempted school shooting that you didn't hear about. This was yesterday. A man tried to enter Gadsden School. He was shot to death. The incident happened at 9.30 a.m. Walnut Park Elementary School, where a summer literacy camp for elementary age children was taking place. Gadsden City School Superintendent Tony Reddick said 34 children were in the school at the time of the incident. Etowah County Sheriff Jonathan Horton said a resident called police after reporting a suspicious man outside the school. And this is in Alabama. Now, according to Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, the man tried to enter a marked Rainbow City Patrol vehicle used by the resource officer. He was trying to get into vehicles. He aggressively tried to tried to open several doorways to the school. They were locked, and then the whole school went into lockdown following protocols. City Rainbow City officer responded. He tried to stop the man. The man resisted, tried to take the officer's firearm, and he got shot and killed. That is what happens. When you have locked school doors, school security, and responsive police. And you're not hearing a thing about it anywhere, actually. That, the locked doors and all that, that works. Thank heavens. Thank heavens. Now, all the children in school were fine. They had been safely picked up within 20 minutes of being taken from the school. Most of them had no idea what, actually, they had, none, of, none of the children had no idea what happened, and most instructors didn't know, as it should be. That Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, they're investigating because they still want to take inventory and see if there's anything that they could do better, but God love them. God love them for doing that. Thank you to the Alabama police, the Rainbow City police in that instance, and for Gadsden School District that had locked doors. Because remember, in Uvalde, the doors were unlocked. That guy couldn't get in here in this uh, primary school. 
in Alabama, in Gadsden District, because the doors were locked. And the kids had no idea, as it should be. They should not. The, the adults handled it. The good guys handled it. And that officer immediately responded and was immediately right on that guy. Because, see, they were all patrolling the area. All you need is one SRO. Per, you need a, one SRO, depending on how big the building is per building. But, and he saw and immediately engaged. That guy, I don't think, I think he had only been on, from what I got from, pull this up. Uh, this is uh, Alabama.com, their news, AL.com, their news. Uh, he had only been on premises for like a couple minutes and boom, that officer was on him, which is exactly how it should be. And those kids are safe. They're safe. That's, um, thank heavens. And, but that's how, this is what we're talking about when we, when we say that schools need to be secured and at the very least lock a door. You know, in Parkland, the door was also unlocked. They had no security, nothing. And in fact, what was it? One of the guys who's on, uh, Andy Pollack talked to me about this. He wrote about this extensively in his book about his daughter, Meadow, who he lost in Parkland. And the door, all the doors had been unlocked. And one of, was it, it was one of the coaches who saw the killer with literally a long, it was just a soft, you know, rifle case. Saw him walking with that to school. Didn't do anything. Maddening. Maddening. But they, those, those, those school, that, that, that worked. And apparently, let me pull this up. So the killer was known according to the, well, all of the interviews that community has been giving to media he used an app called Yubo, and that's he used that app, and he sent out all kinds of threats to rape and kidnap and murder women. So one 17-year-old girl did an interview with Sky News, and he had sent her numerous threats, apparently, to rape and kill and kidnap her. Kidnap, then rape and kill her. And they had called him uh, Yubo's school shooter. They said he would join lives and he and the 17 year old girl said he seemed proud of his nickname. This was so well known. So well known. Now people can get mad at the social media apps I think that's such a scapegoat. Parents, do your jobs. Do your jobs. That's it. You find out that your kid is not behaving or being a gentleman. That's my, my rule is always if you can't say it in front of, actually, I'm like, if you can't say it in front of Jesus, then you better not be putting it in a text. If you can't say it in front of Jesus, you better not be putting it in an app. I don't try to delete it because I can get it. Don't you try. Like, it's so funny. Sidebar to this. I, I mean, we said I was, I, was, I was a good kid. But, you know, if I wanted to get around and hide stuff, I could. I'm just saying. And, Kane, you know, you've had this conversation with your kids. It's like you sit your kids down and you're like, look, anything that you've ever thought about doing, I already thought it. I already thought it. I done thought it. 
You are not the first. Anything you think you're going to get away with? No, no, no. I know what you're going to do before you do it. I know when you're looking like you're thinking about you're going to do it. I know it. There's nothing you will ever get away with. So you might as well give it up. You will never hide anything. You will never get away with anything. That is not, it's not going to happen. I, I mean, growing up, my kids were like, mom's supernatural. Just because I, know, I can see it. Even if I'm not there, I know. Every parent, the engaged parents, we all have this talk with our kids. No, I know what app they were, and they, you can, and there's so many settings now that you can put on your phones too. And because of what we do and we travel, our kids had phones. Probably at a younger age than you would probably give your kids, but it was a little bit of a different situation. If we're traveling and something goes down, I need to be able to get a hold of, you know, my kids. And... But we, we monitored everything because that's my phone. We're like, you're using our phone. That's ours. We can look at it whenever we want. If I want to use my phone to make a call, I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it to make a call. If I want to use my phone, I will use it anytime I want. And they know that. And they were, and they were also raised with the respect for other people. Big difference. That just amazes me that this was so well known. He already had that nickname a long time before this ever happened. We need red flag laws for what? Report it. There we have all of these things that you can do now without having to steal. Just because someone doesn't do it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The option doesn't exist. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Okay, so Britney Spears got married yesterday, and also two people got rescued from a chocolate tank. Apparently at an M&M plant. This is what I'm reading and I just lost my story. Uh, so this was NBC at the Mars Wrigley plant. This is some Willy Wonka stuff. I don't know if his name's Augustus Galoop. I don't know. Two workers in Pennsylvania where the candy's made, they got they fell in a, to- a chocolate tank. They were pulled from a vat of dried chocolate. The maker of the M&M Snickers Twix, blah, 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 said that they were, the employees were being evaluated. They said, yes, they were taken off site for further evaluation. Nobody knows if they were injured or not. But that is some Willy Wonka stuff, though, wouldn't it? Is there, I mean, was it hot, like boiling hot? Because that's one thing. If not, then, I mean, is it that bad? I mean, you know, I'm just wondering. Just, you know, asking. Uh, Breast milk banks are struggling to meet the demand as baby formula shortage has sparked an increase in orders. Milk banks did not see national baby formula shortage coming and other organizations reported similar problems. It usually gets, they, they, they have special storage for it and all kinds of stuff, but they said it's sent out in sealed bottles and, uh, it's, I mean, a lot of people are having to turn to that because of the formula. This is a sad story. Daily Caller. Five Marines killed after a military aircraft crashed in the California desert. Uh, The aircraft was an MV-22B Osprey, according to CBS. The Marine Corps posted on Twitter updates after the crash, confirming the Osprey belonged to the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing. Uh, And the account placed the incident around 1225 Pacific Standard Time. uh, And they said it was near Glamis, California. So our prayers are with them. That's, that's, That's awful. Uh, to have something like that happen. Uh, Let's see. In addition, there is apparently a mystery dent in the Earth's magnetic field that is set to vanish in 300 years. I don't know. They said it's the magnetic field which which shields the planet's atmosphere from the dangers of space. It's getting weaker. 
and a South Atlantic anomaly located in the South Atlantic off the coast of South America. Which this, this anomaly was discovered in 1958. They say it's far weaker than at comparable, uh, comparable latitudes. Scientists know this due to the impact on satellites. More radiation gets through at an area where Earth's magnetic field is weaker. And that, caused tech- that causes technical issues for spacecraft. They said that they suspect the overall shield has gotten weaker by 10% over the last 180 years. And it could lead to magnetic polarity reversal. North and south swapping places. That's like terrifying. So my friend Jack Carr, who wrote the book Terminalist, the series, and has a new Chris Pratt starring series coming up on Amazon, joins next. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's The Dana Show. Investigations are still ongoing into the failures of Operation Odin Sword. Failed missions resulted in the death of 12 Navy SEALs. Lieutenant Commander James Reese, can you outline the details of your mission? They knew we were coming. According to the audio logs, you went dark on comms roughly four mics in. Why? That's not how it went down. That's, I cannot wait for this series. And it premieres on Amazon Prime July 1st. Welcome back to the program. Joining me now, my friend, retired Navy SEAL, best-selling author. Congratulations, by the way. And we're going to talk hey. about your 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 latest in your series, Jack Carr, everybody. And you can see him on Twitter, at Jack Carr USA. Find him on Instagram and elsewhere. So the series is The Terminal List. So this is the first book in his series on Commander James Reese. And then his new book, which just dropped, is In the Blood. And so we're, I'm just so excited. I haven't gotten in, in the blood yet, but I, I am so excited on this, about this. And I, it doesn't matter if people are into like, um, whether it's like, I don't know, like uh, war movies. I've had some people say, well, is it, you know, is, uh, asking like, what's something comparable to it? Because the action is so amazing. You, you write what you know. And you clearly know this so well that we are in every action sequence. The dialogue is realistic. It's like what people would actually say if they are, you know, hell is raining down on them. Um, So congratulations on all of this. I'm so excited for this series. Terminalist is the first one. Chris Pratt stars. First question. Are there plans to continue this and make a new series out of every book? Well, we shall see. So that's uh, not an answer. (laughs) Chris FaceTimed me the other day and I wanted to talk about just that. So he's excited to do it. I know. And uh, he's actually excited for the latest book. He said it's his favorite one so far for In the Blood. Mm -hmm. So he's like, maybe we should do that one next. So So, that's awesome. I'm on Savage Sun right now. So Terminalist came out in 2018. Then you had uh, True Believer. That was 2019. You you write and these are not. Can I just show people? These are not like little books. I mean, they're action-packed, great character development because James Reese is, it's like, um, he reminds me of Charles Bronson, reminds me of um, Michael Douglas's character in Falling Down. He is just, uh, he is a brawl. He is a one-man bar brawl, and he is going to just beat the snot out of you. And he, I love it, but, but he's also vulnerable, too. He's just a great character. Uh, Devil's Hand, that came out 2021, and now you have In the Blood. Uh, so I'm, I can't wait to see all of this come in. So I need, to, I need to catch up to get to In the Blood. But this is such a, a great series. Tell me, when you started writing, 
because clearly you obviously are very talented at it. And I read an interview that you had given where you were discussing your your military service, uh, Navy SEAL, and you've fought in Iraq and in Afghanistan. Did you always want to write? How did that factor into where did you think that that was going to happen and when and how? I did. And I I, uh, I looked at serving the military and writing as two distinctly separate parts of my life. And I didn't know how uh, how closely they would be related and complement one another as I moved from one into the other. But I grew up reading, surrounded by books. My mom was a librarian. Uh, my grandfather was killed in World War II. So I had this, uh, this desire to serve my country in uniform. I think it was just innate in me. But then seeing the pictures of him with his squadron as a Marine Corps aviator in World War II, uh, his medals, his wings, all those sort of things just kind of kind of sparked in me this uh, this desire like hey it can be done you can do anything you want in this country and my grandfather sacrificed himself along with so many others so that we can make our own decisions and take advantage of these options and opportunities that are available to us as Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just in me. So I was going to serve for sure. But in the early 80s, there was only so much reading you could do on special operations and SEALs in general, because you had to go to the library, you had to put in the effort, you had to do the research, you had to pull the book off the shelf or find the newspaper article or the magazine article, and then go through it for maybe the one sentence mentioned on SEALs, mm-hmm. the one paragraph on special operations, typically in about Vietnam at that time. Uh, so after I exhausted the library on that, then about about fifth grade, I started reading the same books my parents were reading. So books by Tom Clancy and Nelson DeMille and David Morrell and AJ Quinnell and JC Pollock and Mark Olden and all these guys who had protagonists with backgrounds I wanted in real life because I thought, look at these authors. Look, David Morrell, he created Rambo. Well, he probably did some research for this book, The Brotherhood of the Rose, about special operations and the CIA that uh, I can incorporate into my foundation as I move forward here in my desire to serve and be a SEAL. Yeah. So I was reading these books and there's just this magic about them. And I knew that one day after my time, in the military, I would write these kind of novels. But what I was really doing, although I didn't know it, was giving myself an early education in the art of storytelling. Yeah. So the study of warfare, reading these books, and then the practical application of warfare in Afghanistan and Iraq all kind of came together at the right time and place as I was leaving the military. And the terminal list is the result. And uh, you held up the first one, but this one is a new cover. I saw. Yeah, so it turned. they turned this one into this one with Chris Pratt on the cover. And I wrote a new foreword in this where I talk about how the movie came or how the series came to be, how the book came to be. And then they, uh, I'll give you an exclusive right here. Uh, there are some exclusive photos from the set and uh, that are only in the book. And so here's one of them. So, oh there. my gosh, this is awesome. I'm so excited about this. And for those of you listening, you got so this yeah. is just for you. That's awesome. He he just showed an awesome. You got to get the book because he showed a really cool picture of Chris Pratt, like all decked out, getting ready to rock as James Reese. Talking to my friend Jack Carr, <clears throat> whose latest book, In the Blood, in the Terminalist series. Well, the James Reese series. Terminalist is the first book. <clears throat> Excuse me. I when when I was reading about the announcement of this, because Antoine Fuqua, I love his work. Um, I've seen a lot of the stuff that he did. Uh, I think one of my favorites was Magnificent Seven. Because Denzel Washington is one of my favorite actors of all time. And I just thought that was so well done. And when I heard that Fuqua was doing this series, I got really excited. Because that, to me, it just means that it's going to be very artfully done, cinematically beautiful, and real, and raw. Because that's what this series is. And what I like about your series, and I want to dive into this a little bit, because it's not just, I mean, In the Blood is the latest, but... With with James Reese, he's you know kind of a, a lone ranger, so to speak. Um, he's 
settling scores in a way that I think a lot of people, when they go through something as tragic as he has done, uh, not just with, I don't want to give too much away, but with family and then with, you know, obviously his platoon, um, you wish that you could settle scores in a way that James Reese does. And I wanted to, to, to talk with, did you ever, how far did you want to go with this character and how far did you want to go in showing the reality of your experience and then how, and then what Reese could do? I didn't really realize, I thought I was just going to write a good story. I thought that with all the reading that I'd done and my experience that I would be able to do that. And that's what I owed the reader who's trusting me with their time that they're never going to get back is I have to do the best possible job. That product has to be the best it can possibly be. I started writing that first one. It became clear from the first sentence, not from the outline, not from the one page executive summary, not from the title. But when I actually started typing that first chapter, that this was going to be a much more personal writing experience than I thought at the outset. I thought, okay, I'll get the sniper weapon stuff right. You know, if I don't know something about a weapon system, I know who to call uh, to make sure that I get those things right. But I didn't realize just how much emotion and feeling I would be bringing in from events downrange. So let's say my character gets ambushed in Los Angeles, California. Well, I go back and remember what it was like to be ambushed in Baghdad, Iraq in 2006. And I take those feelings and emotions yeah. and then I apply them to a fictional narrative. You feel Same it. Thing oh, thank you. I, I was reading it. I mean, when I started reading this, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I mean, I kind of knew you were a badass anyway. For people who don't know, like we've I've done some training with you. And I mean, you go into that range mode. So we, we know we all knew you were a badass anyway. But in reading this and all of these situations that he finds himself in and then this sense of betrayal which gets me to some of the things that maybe aren't aren't so much the mechanics of battle, but the reality of the system and the system in which you have to operate. You don't pull any punches in a very honest assessment through the eyes of, of Reese. Um, some people have kind of criticized it. I like the honest reality of it. And I know a lot of people have been like, you know what, it is like that. And I like that he didn't try to hide it to sell books. Talk to me a little bit about that. Were you afraid in the very beginning to be that honest about it? No, I was. Uh, I didn't know how else to be. I don't know any other way to be. So, uh, so it's just me. Um, but I did think a couple times about. You know, everybody always goes back to the Michael Jordan quote about, "Hey, Republicans and Democrats buy shoes." Um, and I, maybe that was true when he was selling his shoes. I mean, he still sells a ton of shoes. But uh, maybe that was true when he was building that foundation back in the day. But when you're talking about something that is so personal, I mean, it's not a shoe. Shoes are great, but this is not a shoe. Uh, and when you're doing something that's so personal, that's more art, whether it's a painting or a sculpture or a book. Uh, and you're putting so much of yourself into it, uh, people want to really know, is this you? Is this authentic? Is this real? Especially today, because maybe they couldn't find out in 1985. Yeah. Uh, they just uh, guess. But today, they can, because they can engage with you on social channels, they can listen to us on radio, they can watch us on a podcast or whatever it, it might be, and they can really get to know the person that they're supporting, yeah, with their dollars, but also with their time. Right. Um, so there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more connection than there was back in the 80s or even the 90s. So That's really uh, a very important point. I was kind of wondering about it, but I wasn't afraid of it, because I just don't know how else to be. And uh, I guess, luckily, people do. Uh, that, that authenticity and that honesty resonates with people today. Right. Uh, or so than it would have maybe in the past yeah. because they couldn't check it. Because you have questions about military preparedness. You have questions about, uh, you know, you hear about diversity and DEI stuff. And I mean, there are these I mean, we've talked about them before on this broadcast. I mean, it's happening in the military and it's been going on for quite a long time. We're just really now seeing the full 
breadth of it. Uh, talking with my friend Jack Carr, whose latest book, In the Blood, uh, in the Jack Reese series. And of course, you got to watch the premiere of The Terminalist, brought to life, starring Chris Pratt, directed by Antoine Fuqua on Amazon Prime, July 1st. You also have Taylor Kitsch in this. Riley Keough, Elvis's granddaughters, I'm sorry. I know she's like a powerful actress in her own right, but that was like really cool for me to see. Yeah, she just got a huge award in another project uh, in Europe, and she's just fantastic in this role. Everybody was so great, and everyone was so normal. That's the other thing. People look at Hollywood, and they think everyone's all crazy, um, but everyone was so normal. The stars were normal, right. and then the 350 other people that are making it happen on set, just good Americans. So one of my takeaways from set was that, hey, when someone sees an actor get up in the Academy Awards and say something that might not resonate with uh, the middle of the country, uh, that might be a little little out there and people say, I'm never going to watch their movie again. Uh, I think it's important to remember that there are 350 other people that right. were working at. And these are people that came up to me in uh, Video Village where I'm watching the show and I'm listening and I'm making my notes as we're filming and they'd stop by and they'd want to talk about Land Cruisers. They want to talk about guns. They want to talk about knives. They want to talk about hunting. They want to talk about motorcycles, and uh, and they were just um, just normal people that want to do the best job they possibly can. And on a production like this, they are the best. Uh, that's why they're there, uh, and they're all so good at their specific job. Um, but they're also just good people who want to put food on the table for their family and have a great life. I love um, that. Uh, and so we have to remember that when we see a star go a little bit off the rails. They're maybe humans too. Yeah, that there's other people that are helping this along, and you know, by boycotting somebody's movie, you're also kind of hurting these other people that are. Yeah, I agree uh, just, with that. And if, and if they're good actors and if the art is good, I'm like, I, I like good stories. And, and I feel like we've had an absence of really good stories on the screen. And so this is one of the reasons I'm so excited about this. I, I wanted to get, Jack, your thoughts, too, because I know that you've spoken about this. And this is also, you're an expert of many things. I have to point this out to if people didn't know it already. The... You know, the incidents that we've been seeing, like Uvalde, which we just saw an unlocked door. Thankfully, in Alabama, there was uh, such an incident like this that could have been an atrocity, but it was stopped by a locked door and responsive police. There are there's a lot of hesitancy in in D.C. to, for whatever reason, uh, harden schools to add more layers of school security. I don't know why that's not a focus. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that, because this is your wheelhouse. And I think that people like you know this better than anybody else. Well, it just seems like applying common sense. And, and uh, what uh, Karl von Clausewitz said was most important, uh, he wrote on war, mm-hmm. most important you know, a battlefield leader was common sense. Wasn't anything else, wasn't re- it wasn't all these other things. It was common sense and applying that to the problem set. So if we look at this problem set and let's just take off, let's just say that the debate about things, Second Amendment concerns, let's just put that over here and think that it, okay, we'll let that get debated elsewhere. What can we do right now? What should we have been doing the last 20 years, 25 years, if we go back to, to Columbine and we see our most precious and softest targets uh, out there and we continue to leave them as a soft target year after year after year and take no action other than maybe a security monitor here or there. Yet the same people that are calling to take away our guns are surrounded by people carrying guns. And what do they have? Access points into these courthouses, into the into the Capitol buildings, into state houses. They have access points. They have, uh, they have metal detectors. They have things like that. So there are all sorts of layers of security that you can put in place. And I think that people just don't understand the problem set and don't want to apply common sense to it. They want to politicize it right away. But what that's doing is just leaving our, our softest targets, our most precious resource, our children, uh, un, 
uh, undefended and mm -hmm. leaving them as a soft target out there, putting up a sign that says no guns, no drugs on campus, that doesn't cut it. And we've, it's, it, that, that we've proven that time and time again. Mm -hmm. What can we do? There are so many things. Just look at what's already out there. Look at what they would do to the president's kids if he had someone. Yeah, in look at Alabama, that school in Alabama. I mean, that worked. That guy was on the premises like two minutes before uh, a cop was on him. And that guy went for the cop's gun and cop dropped him. We yeah, and the resources. I mean, we put a man on the moon in 1969. We just had 100 billion for COVID relief, of which I think 90% wasn't even spent. Uh, what can we do? Oh, we can look at a courthouse and we can apply that model exactly. to our schools. We can do this. This is America. We can do it. We did it after 9-11 with TSA and our airports and we can do that. We need to do that to our schools. And that we haven't is, uh, I mean, it's criminal that we have not. I agree. And that's a great, that's, I co completely agree. Jack Carr, latest book, In the Blood, July 1st. I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be watching the series of this yeah. starting on Amazon Prime with Chris <laughs> Pratt. And uh, Jack Carr, thank you so much, not just for your service, but for writing an engaging story that doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter if you've, if you haven't served and you maybe have only spent, you know, like a couple times a year at the range, a character that puts you in it that you can identify with and you are so good at writing what you know we are right there with you and we feel like we are just as expert in this as you are that is a talent so congratulations my friend on the bestseller thanks so much for join, joining me we'll talk again soon thanks so much of take course. care out there take care listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time all right folks make sure you go sign up for that newsletter, chapter and verse. And uh, before we go, today in stupidity. Oh, it's our president once again saying the same line again. Listen to this. Since I took office, families are carrying less debt on average in America. The they have more savings than Lie. they've had. Literally not the correct. And we're doing it all while cutting the federal deficit Another by $1.7 trillion. That's not literally... Not at there all what they stupid and it's a lie. Literally not at all what they said. But okay. No, okay. Well. Um oof. All right, folks. I hope you have a great weekend. And uh yeah, make sure you go out and get in the blood by Jack Carr. It is a great book. It is like a really awesome book. I uh, can't wait for that series July first. God bless. Have a great night. Back with you Monday, folks.